0: Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps believers in Jesus Christ to seek the kind of faith that makes him marvel. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God, for anyone uh, that uh, comes to him must not only believe that he exists, but that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And that's Hebrews 11.6. And that's the basis for much of this podcast. That scripture alone and um, Matthew uh, chapter 8 verses 7 and 8, kind of starting there, um, are, are the records of the the faith of the centurion, the only faith in the Bible that's recorded that actually made Jesus marvel according to the scriptures. So, you know, those two scriptures together tell you two things that that, that God looks for faith. That's what he admires. That's what draws him. That's what it's all about, this, this walk of faith. We, we are fighting the good fight of faith. We're fighting and contending for the faith to keep our faith in Jesus Christ and to keep our eyes on him in these last days as we, as we see the day of the Lord approaching. We have to really fight with the full armor of God and um, these these scriptures that I that I'm standing on for this podcast Hebrews 11 6 say that he rewards us when we diligently seek him. This is a battle we fight the good fight of faith. Uh, first uh, First Timothy 6 12 says fight the good fight of faith. The Bible urges us to contend for the faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when we look at that story of the centurion. And and try to extract from that what you know what was it that made Jesus marvel? Well, you know it was a lot of things, and it's you know we're going to spend eternity unpacking Jesus and unwrapping the gift, the Christmas gift of Jesus Himself, His presence uh, throughout all eternity. Jesus Himself said, "This is eternal life to know the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom he's, who the Father has sent." That's going to be eternity is unwrapping and unpacking Jesus who is infinite. So it's a never-ending quest for the one who is the great I am and the one who never stops giving and never stops loving because that's who he is. He's a giver. He gave his life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And he gave his life for us, uh so that we might live for him and live through him through this spiritual union that we have with him and looking at the faith of the the Centurion again, I know you guys are probably tired of the, hearing the story here on this podcast, but I don't think we could ever get tired of this one um uh the the centurion um approaches Jesus because his servant and think of us too as servants of God, but his this This centurion, this heathen, according to the Jewish people, somebody who any any right you know, any any person in that day that was Jewish wouldn't even give this centurion the time of day. And here's Jesus stops for him and the centurion says, Hey, my servant's at home, he's sick and uh, he's sick and has a palsy, and he's grievously tormented, I believe are the words that his that the centurion uses to describe his servant. So this guy was in a bad state to be grievously tormented by palsy. I don't even I don't even want to know. But anyway, Jesus um, says, "Okay, I'll come and heal him because that's what he has to do." Really, in all the scriptures, he's always going somewhere to heal someone, uh, or stopping along the way to heal someone. But this time, the centurion tells him, "You don't even have to." come to my house and make the walk. But if you just speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. And then he goes on to say, for I'm a man that's under authority. I say to one man, go, and he goes. I say to another man, come, and he comes. And I say to another, do, and he does. And the next line says that Jesus marveled at this man's faith. And he went on to say, I've never seen such faith like this. Not in all of Israel. That's amazing. Um, what was it? it? You know, this man knew that if whatever Jesus said would come to pass. I just think of Luke uh, eight twenty two, where Jesus says, "Come, let us cross over to the other side." And he try He's trying to get the disciples in the boat, and he says, "Let's let's cross over. Come, let us cross over to the other side." Well, you know, the story about halfway across the lake, the storm starts brewing, and the you know, it it just, they're in the middle of this massive storm and Jesus is asleep on the boat and they wake him up and they say, you know, master, don't you care that we're about to perish? You know, (laughs) they wake him up and he, he rebukes the wind and the waves, calms the storm. And then he rebukes them for their, for their lack of faith. And that's what we're talking about today. Faith and and why did he do that? You know, was it because they were worried and they were troubled and no, they didn't believe the word when he said, "Come, let us cross over to the other side." Guess what was going to happen? <laughs> they were crossing over to the other side, Jack. They were going to the other side. That's all there is to it. So when we today, if we put this in context today, how can we have faith that makes Jesus marvel? We need to look at the word and believe the word, every word of it. The word is like a Jenga game. If you start pulling the pegs, I don't know, hopefully you've played Jenga and you'll know what I'm describing here, but uh, you start pulling the pegs out of the word of God and saying, well, this one might be true, and this one might not. The whole tower falls. It really does. You have to believe every word of God is true. And when you do that, you see that These promises, these great and precious promises, as Peter calls them, are here for us just to believe in and to say, if God said it in his word, then that settles it. He said, my word is truth. Father, sanctify them. That's you and I. Through thy truth, thy word is truth. Speak the word only. That's all we have to do is just say what Jesus says. Father, I'm struggling And I know in Jesus' name that when I come to you, you will reward me. I'm seeking you through your son today. I'm not at peace. I'm struggling, Lord. I'm having a hard time in my finances with my family. I lift these situations up to you, Lord. And you say in your word that you will provide, that you will answer when I pray, that you will bless and you just stand on the promises that we find in God's word. One, one, just embracing and believing one promise of God can change your whole day, your whole week, your whole year. So as we head into the new year, I want to just share with you what I saw this morning in the scriptures. And that is to, I'm learning and God's reinforcing in me this morning. The last day of 2023 today is, is December 31st, and we start a new year tomorrow. And I think this is going to be my theme for the new year. year. And I say, happy new you. (coughs) Happy new you. What I say this today, um, the title of my message today is, see how God sees you. See how God sees you we just look at things after our flesh. We just see what's going on in this natural world and we don't see what God says through his spirit and through his word or through his word and his spirit probably better put because I think you have to believe the word first to really see the spirit work. The spirit wrote the word through men, but this, this scripture, these scriptures, these great and precious promises are written by God through the Holy Spirit who moved men to write them. The Bible has 40 different authors from kings to shepherds to priests to all kinds of different people. Uh, 40 different authors written over a 1500 year period um, on three different continents. And it just has such congruity. It's amazing. But uh, we want to look at this scripture and, and any scripture, but I'm going to just share a few with you and get you to see how God sees you. Quit seeing yourself the way you see you and see yourself the way God sees you. I'm going to start with 2 Corinthians five sixteen and 17, which says, From now on, we regard no man according to the flesh. Even though we regarded Christ according to his flesh, we do so No more. We don't even regard Jesus according to his flesh. We've never even seen him in the flesh. If any man be in Christ, that means united with him in spirit. He's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Happy new you. What Jesus did for us, he did in our spirit. It's not something we can see. He's renewed us the blood of Jesus cleans cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We've been made right in our spirit. If we look upon our flesh, we get depressed. I mean, my face is getting older. My body's showing wrinkles in places it never did before, and you know, sometimes I creak when I walk, um, even at age fifty six. And you know, we we. Um, we struggle you know when we look at ourselves according to our flesh and our flesh is also you know the way we feel a lot inside and the ugliness that we feel sometimes in this world as we just see everybody pushing and shoving to get to the front and just the the love of many growing cold as the Bible said it would we we often are affected by that in our soul but that has nothing to do with how we are in the spirit the word shows us who we are in our spirit You are a new creation in Christ, it says. If God says this, this is telling you how he sees you. So why don't you just align your sight, your heart, with how God sees you? Why not look at things through his eyes? This is how he sees you. These are the words he wrote for us, that you're a new creation in Christ. You're new in your spirit. You've been renewed in the spirit of your mind, the Bible says. You've been given a new spirit. Ephesians 1.13 says the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, of promise. We've been given fullness in Christ to his head over every power and authority, it says in the scripture. Fullness. God gives you his spirit without measure. You didn't get a junior Holy Spirit or a baby Holy Spirit. The Bible says, John 3.34, that He gives the spirit without measure. We think God is a stingy God. And we think, well, he just gives us a little, you know, of the spirit. That's all I must have because I'm not experiencing much of God. No, you've been given fullness in Christ who is head over every power and authority. You got to believe what the word says, what God says, not what you think, feel, perceive with your five senses, with your flesh. Romans 7, 5 and 6 Actually, I'm going to start Romans six eleven says, consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It says, reckon yourself. We've got to wreck that old self and consider ourselves alive by the spirit. Romans 7, 5, and 6 says, when you were in the flesh, you were carried around, but now you're delivered from the law and you're raised to new life by the Spirit, it goes on to say Romans 8. There is no condemnation. Now there is no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus. Your spirit cannot be condemned. Your spirit has been perfected for the day of redemption. You've been sealed, vacuum-packed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Your little spirit has been vacuum-packed. Think of a Pac-Man eating the little dot, your little spirit, and gulp, once he closes that mouth and that circle is full, you're gobbled up, you're sealed in Christ. And no devil in hell and no person on earth full of the devil can unseal what God has sealed. Now we just have to see how God sees. We're sealed, and now we got to see. Colossians 3.3 says, we are now seated with Christ in heavenly places wow when christ who is our life shall appear we shall see him as he is and we shall know him as we are fully known we'll finally know how we always were all along in our spirit when we're before him and we lay down this flesh this flesh this body and this soul or this unrenewed mind those are the two parts of us, the other two parts. The one third of us, our our born-again spirit, is sealed for the day of redemption, the Bible says. But the other two thirds of us, our flesh, or which is our our body, our actual physical body, and our soul, which is our mind, our will, emotions, imagination, our memory, or what we might call the mind, is the part of us that's being renewed day by day in the Word of God. We're starting to see with our physical eyes, and through our soul, who we are in the spirit. And you know, once you, once you get spirit, spiritually minded, the Bible says we have life and peace. In Romans 8, to be carnally minded or flesh minded is death. It leads to death. But to be spiritually minded is life and it's peace. So once we start to see who God says we are in the word, who we are in our spirits, in our spiritual union with Christ that he died to give us. We have a spiritual union with Christ because he shed his blood to make us right in our spirit. And he was raised to new life to to show us that we are justified. The the resurrection of Jesus Christ is is, is the father's amen to the atoning sacrifice of Christ. He's fully pleased with the sacrifice Christ provided on our behalf. And we get full credit for everything Jesus did. And we, he took what we deserve and gave us what he deserved, righteousness. The one who was perfect and lived a perfect sinless life and who knew no sin became sin for us so that in him, that is in our spiritual union with him, we might become the righteousness of God. What does that mean we might well, it means we have to believe that word. And that's 2 Corinthians 5.21. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that in him, in our union with him through the spirit, which we can't see, but we just believe, through, through, through him we might have eternal life. To experience that eternal life, we just believe it. God's word says it. That settles it. I repeat it. I believe it. That's why I'm recording it for this podcast for you to believe. James 1, I think it's in around verse 22, 23, says, when we look in the perfect law of liberty, and it's talking about the word of God, it says, don't forget who you are in your spirit. When you look in the, in the Bibles, like a spiritual mirror shows us who we are in our spirit, not in our flesh. And it says, when you gaze in that perfect law of liberty, don't, don't don't forget who you are and to, to go and be a doer of the word and not a just a hearer alone. So once you see who you are in the word, then you say who you are in the word, and then you do likewise. You do the things that Jesus did. You go around and you help people. You speak encouraging words over them. You bandage up their wounds if they have wounds, both physical and emotional. You speak words of life into them by the Spirit of Jesus Christ living in you. This is all in the Bible. You can search the scriptures and everything I'm saying you can find in the Bible. You can find a verse for it. First Peter 1, 15 and 16 says, it is written, I am holy. And he says, be holy as I am holy. In other words, be who you are. Be who I made you to be man, we complicate this. It's crazy. It's crazy. We complicate something that's so easy. Uh, A friend of mine, Samuel, the other day uh, at, at a Bible study I'm in, he said, man, it's too easy. It's just too good to be true. That's the problem with it. And he was right. The reason we don't believe it is that we're suspect of anything that sounds too good to be true. But that's what the gospel means. The gospel, that word, hardly ever used in all of Greek literature, I think only twice outside the Bible. That word gospel means news that is so good that it's so over the top and unbelievable you wouldn't believe it if you heard it. It's, it's, The hard thing is about believing it is it's so good. Jesus is so good. And what he did on our behalf is so good and so wonderful that we just have a hard time imagining it, especially as we see all this ugliness around us John 4, 23 and 24, Jesus says to the woman at the well, he says, my father is looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. These are the kind of worshipers my father is seeking. So I want to close today and say, be a seeker of God through your spiritual union with him and through the word of God. The Word of God and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, are the two greatest gifts ever given to us. And you say, what about Jesus? Well, Jesus is the Word made flesh, so he did come in the flesh. But today, we know him through the Holy Spirit. So you could say, Jesus is the Word of God. So the Word, Jesus, and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who he, he sent us, once his work was completed, the Father said, go ahead you know, and Holy Spirit came to us. Um, The Word and the Spirit are, are just our greatest weapons. And I just want you to see today, see in the Word how God sees you. Look in the Word and see yourself in the spiritual mirror. See yourself how the Father sees you and live a great life.